Our topic is about communicating with empathy and compassion, mm. which is really important. And we put out a video earlier this week, well, actually yesterday, about, yep. you know, how to communicate with empathy when you're in a remote work situation. Because when you're, you know, how do you show empathy from a longer distance when you might not actually see the person face to face. It's actually, it's similar in some ways to the the previous topic we had on humanizing your connections. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, And humanization of, of your interactions, your virtual reactions is a very broad topic. Uh, What we're going to do today is really hone in on specifically the empathetic aspects of our interactions. Exactly. And it's so important because when you're communicating with empathy, you actually get across to the person much better and they get across to you much better if you're the one going through different emotions at the time. Um, It helps us build rapport. It helps us create trust with the person. It helps us bond. It helps us feel closer. Uh, It can even help us with negotiating, right? So if you think of like a business setting, a professional setting, and I want to just pause for a second and talk about that because I think, you know, a lot of times when we talk about empathy and communicating empathically and empathetically, same, same meaning, empathetic and empathic, um, you know, there's this kind of notion that that's not professional. There's not a place mm. for that in professional communication, which is actually patently false. Of course, there is a space for empathetic communication across all settings, be it personal, casual, professional. So it's really important to to nurture this skill because we use it in all facets of life. Yeah, it's a really good point. I mean, when you take empathy out of your communication process, right. you take out a significant, a significant uh, component of w- what establishes effective communication, right? So that's, that's a roundabout way of saying you can't communicate clearly without having some empathy because yeah. what empathy does is establishes, we were talking about this last time, some some kind of um, basis of understanding between you and the people you're interacting with or person, singular or plural, right? But it establishes this this uh, rapport yeah. um, and this- uh, Like likeness. Likeness, right? right? It's an understanding that you establish between each other and that facilitates a much clearer and smoother uh, process of communication. Absolutely. Yeah, and so one of the big things with empathy is- well, it's the confusion between empathy and sympathy. Mm. So let's quickly run through some examples. Yeah. And you actually found a really nice um, sort of, what was it? It was like a video clip. Yeah, it was a short animation, a YouTube animation. What was, do you remember? I think these? it was from Benet Brown. Okay, yeah. Um, Beautiful sort of um, informal sketching type yeah. animation, but really powerful messages, pithy. Yeah. Um, and we should probably put the link in maybe in the show notes. We can link it, yeah. Um, but they did a really nice job of delineating uh, sympathy and empathy. Because they can get confused, Exactly. I think, yeah, they're, right? they're easily confused. Um, but they're actually very different. Um, and the uh, director, author of this short, uh, was clearly very pro-empathy and not wild about sympathy. And 
the way she positions this is you have, um, uh, it was like a little mole living underground. I can't remember the animals. I think it was a fawn. Okay, maybe it was a fawn. I think it was a fawn. Okay, and and uh, this fawn is really uh, sad. Distraught. Distraught, right? Really unhappy. Could really use some empathy. Yeah. And so uh, she's down, you know, in, in, in her cave, uh, and it's like essentially raining on her. She's sad. Um, and the uh, first person to come down is a bear, a friendly bear. Uh, no, I think that was, the friendly bear was the nice one. The friendly bear, yes. Okay. okay. So the first oh, okay, one to come okay. down yes. is the friendly bear. And the friendly bear, um, you know, again, it's raining. And, yeah, yeah. and the bear comes and sits down next to the fawn and holds a little umbrella, yeah. which creates a little pocket of of uh, dry air, right? Res- respite from yeah. the uh, a little haven, a little haven, right? Yeah. A comfort zone. The bear doesn't really say much; just sort of sits there with the fawn, and that is empathy, right? You just you're there with the person in that moment, not necessarily rationalizing anything, not necessarily um, uh, explaining anything. You're just there as a presence, a human presence. Then sympathy pops its head in. And sympathy is this goat. Goat, that's right. Is it a goat goat or or a sheep? I think it was a goat. Um, And looks down into the hole and is like, hmm, that looks bad. You know, (laughs) right? And and, uh, they basically, what what a sympathist will do, someone who's showing sympathy, is they will identify you know, point out that that's a bad situation and say, well, that, that looks like, like it oh, sucks. That's yeah. too bad. That's Ugh. too bad for you. Sucks for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's no real emotional connection. No. They, they identify the problem, but identifying the problem in, in this case isn't necessarily going to fix it, right? Right. Um, I think they exacerbate the problem too because, you know, there's that, there's a line between the positivity and the toxic positivity. And that's kind of like, oh, that's too bad. Like, better luck next time, right? These are things that are not, we don't want to hear those, especially in that moment when we're feeling down and it's raining on us. Yeah. Um, and we often know um, why we're unhappy. And that's not to say that it isn't worth, I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, spending time to, to identify the problem and then address it. Um, this is a little bit separate. Yeah. This is in a stage where you're, you're aware of where the, what the problem is, but um, you're past that. And, and now you want to sort of cope with the problem, right? You want to learn to manage the problem. And to have someone come in and say, oh, that's a problem. Uh, you're going to have to figure out how to fix that. Right. Doesn't really, uh, or even if someone's giving solutions, that doesn't necessarily help. Whereas this bear is just there and the presence of being there and saying, you know, uh, I understand yeah. how you feel. Right. Uh, I'm here with you. And here's an umbrella. I'll and share here's an it with umbrella, you. right? Right. Yeah. It's that's empathy. It's mm-hmm. it's this more nebulous, but at the same time, more meaningful type of connection you can have with a person. Uh, and you can feel it, right? I think of sympathy as more an analytical, rational mm. uh, approach to a problem. Right. Empathy is a, a feeling of the problem, and yeah. and and it's it's establishing this sort of mental or heart to heart with the the person that you're empathizing with. Right. And sometimes you can even be spurred into action and take out that umbrella. Right. Sometimes it's about understanding the thoughts of the person going through whatever they're going through 
and showing empathy by understanding like cognitively. Right. Sometimes it's emotionally, you know, like saying, you just feel, you can feel, even if you're having a great day, if your best friend is in a rut and they're crying and they're really sad, you might start crying and feel really sad too, right? That's a type of empathy. It's an emotional empathy. And then there's the other type of empathy, which is like the compassionate empathy. And that right. is what spurs someone to action. And so I think the example of that would be like taking out the umbrella, right? Yeah, exactly. Following it up somehow. Following it up, right, right. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I like that contrast. And, you know, another way to think of um, the difference between uh, sympathy and empathy. Right. Sympathy is um, is sort of one way. Uh, it's uh, unidirectional, right? Yeah. You, you, one yeah. person expresses sympathy to the other. Mm -hmm. Empathy is this bi-directional process, mm. right? Where the two people that are, you know, expressing the empathy. Right. Uh, it's it's sort of a circular motion, right? Mm, it's like a back and forth. It's a back and reciprocal. forth. I like it's a reciprocal. That. It's reciprocal, I like right? That. It's yeah. it's two directional. Yeah. Um and and that's because there's a lot of sharing going on. Yeah. And if you think about it, that's what communication is, right? Communication is sharing something uh maybe that's in your head uh and 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 bringing it to someone else's head, right? It's it is this bi-directional process. Okay. Communication is a process of talking to someone but also listening. Right. Exactly. And empathy uh, is is a very good representation of what communication is more broadly. Empathy is this back and forth of sharing of how one feels and the other expressing their uh, understanding of how that feels. Exactly. It's it's you know, we have that adage about being in another person's shoes. Right. right? It's that idea. Right. It's a conditional because we can't ever be in someone else's shoes physically, right? You're in your own shoes, but you can you can still feel the sensations they're feeling just by being in close proximity to them, knowing them, understanding what they're going through. It's it's understanding emotions and feelings. Yeah. And that's really important because like you said, that's where that listening comes in. And oftentimes people think, well, if I'm going to be a good communicator, I need to speak well. I need to be eloquent. I need to be persuasive. That is true, but that's only half the equation. Right. Right? We can't neglect the other half, which is the listening part. And that is extremely important, especially in times where, you know, a situation calls for empathetic listening, empathic listening, yeah. right? And being active about it not passively listening, twiddling your thumbs, like, you know, going through the motions of pretending to be there for someone like I'm there for you. But then meanwhile, you're thinking right. about what you're going to have for dinner or the exercise you're going <laughs> to do that you're excited for. Right. It's really engaging all of your senses and trying to decipher what's going on if that is not voiced to you. Right. Yeah. I think of it as trying to relate Mm. Uh, to what the person's going through. Um, because once you can uh, start to um, recreate in your head what that person is feeling, mm -hmm. essentially you're stepping into their shoes is right. the phrase. Um, you can start to experience the emotions that they're feeling. And once you start to feel the emotion that they're feeling, 
they can sense that too, right? Totally. We're, we're just, we're, we're cued to, to identify uh, these, these sort of emotional shifts in people. Yeah, and the subtleties. And the subtleties of yeah. this. And so a person knows when you can feel what they're feeling. They, they can sense it as well. And as soon as they sense that, they can open up even more. And that improves that, that um, the fluidity of sharing this information. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, related to that, as we practice active listening and empathetic listening, it's really important to cast judgments aside, right? The empathetic zone is the no judgment zone, the judgment-free zone, Yeah. right? Because the person wants to feel acknowledged and validated, right? These are themes we brought up in the humanizing, the interactions right. lesson. Because again, it's related. These are all related. Um, but it's really the idea of casting your judgment aside, not making assumptions. Because if you're making assumptions, you're not taking in the full picture and you're not mm -hmm. listening. Right? So it's so important to... You know, it's easy to judge. It's Humans are quick to judge because we have to process information and categorize it and box it and, you know, store it away and tuck it away. But resist the urge to do that, right? If somebody is telling you and they're confiding in you, you might, you know, judge them a little bit in your mind. But refrain from that, right? Yeah, that's, I think it's very important. Um, yeah. And I, I like what you said. If you're making assumptions, then you haven't listened. Because assumptions are essentially filling the gap between the information you have and and what 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 reality is, right? right. So assumptions are, are a bridge that you're building. It's kind of like an artificial bridge. Mm. If you're instead listening, yes, then you don't need to build an artificial bridge. You can build yeah. the bridge with the real information that they're giving you. And this isn't about facts, right? Mm. Emotions aren't about facts. True. What, if someone says they're feeling a certain way, if they're feeling that way. That's a fact. That's, that they feel that way. Right, right. It's their fact. It's, the, it's their reality. It's their reality. It's their reality. Yeah. So instead of trying to convince them that reality is different than the way they're feeling, uh, which is something I have a habit of doing, uh, that's not empathy, right? That's <laughs> that's maybe it's sympathy or it's, it's a solution-oriented yeah. approach. Yeah. Which when someone needs empathy, that's not going to work. Right. So instead of trying to say, you're feeling this, but really you should be feeling this. Don't do that. Instead, what you say is, wow, um, let me see if I can understand the way you're feeling, right? right? And this doesn't require you to be a psychologist. You don't have to know the names for everything they're feeling um, or, or specifically be able to categorize it. The point is simply you want to get on the same page with them mentally, right? right. You want to feel that emotional resonance that they're feeling. And if you don't have the vocabulary or, or the sort of pedagogical underpinning uh, or foundation for, for understanding what that means, that's fine. Yeah. The most important thing is that you get the information you need from them to get, understand the way they're feeling. Yeah. And, and once you've gotten to the point of just understanding the way they feel, you've done your job essentially, yeah. right? You don't really have to go beyond that. It's so powerful to be next to someone who knows the way you're feeling. And, and that happens so infrequently that when it does happen, particularly in a, in a hard, difficult time, like, you know, when you need empathy, you feel this, you know, enormous sort of relief. Yeah. Because you're not alone in, in your, could be a grief, could be anxiety, could be fear. 
once you know that you're sharing it with someone else, it's just a weight off your shoulders. Yeah. So as the person expressing the empathy, right, the person who's, um, um, you know, providing the empathy, uh, by, by simply getting on the same emotional page as them, you've essentially done your job. You don't yeah. need to take it further than that. I love that. It's You can imagine like the wavelength, right? The wave, radio wavelength. You're syncing yeah, up yeah. to their frequency. Exactly. And you might be going like this and they might be going like this. And then all of a sudden you're going in the same direction. Totally. And that's just a beautiful way of sort of, you know, visualizing it because essentially that's what you're doing. Yeah. If you've ever, if you've ever tuned a guitar, mm. um, I'm not a guitar player myself, but I've listened. I had a lot of friends. You're very musical though. So I'm sure you could. And and actually I do play piano and pianos are, are another, um, sort of chord yeah, related, exactly. uh, instrument in terms of the, they have, you know, these steel, steel strings that get hit with a hammer and a guitar, you pluck it with your finger. But the point is when you're tuning, yeah. uh, whether it is a piano or a guitar, mm -hmm. Um, and you you pluck the strings, you can tell when they're slightly out of, uh, out of tune. tune. Out yeah, of tune, out of yeah. tune, exactly. Yeah. And as you start to zero in on the perfect tune, uh, it goes from this sort of discordant sound like to this beautiful euphony. melodious. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's just a really pure um, vibration it's beautiful. almost. And yeah. that's that's what empathy is. When you can dial into that person's yeah. chord, right, that that frequency, like you're saying, um, it just it thrums with like warm energy. Oh, yeah. I love that. That makes yeah. me feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> so, you know, these are important uh, things to keep in mind when you're communicating with someone. And it's not, you know, vulnerability is not showing weakness. Um, vulnerable, there is strength in vulnerability, right? If you can be vulnerable, so thinking about now the other side of the communication right. exchange, right? If you're the person who needs the empathy, we all need empathy, obviously, right? Um, we're human. If we're the person at the time on the, you know, the, the side that needs the empathy in that mm -hmm. moment, we're showing vulnerability essentially, and that's okay, right? There's strength in that. And I think it's really important to keep that in mind when you're, you know, opening yourself up to someone. And if there's someone who, you know, you can confide in and you can trust or you're building rapport with, right? Don't be ashamed to show that side of you. Don't be ashamed to ask for help or to motion that you need, you know, a shoulder to cry on or an umbrella, yeah. right? When it gets rainy. What a great point, right? In order to receive empathy from someone else, it requires you to open up, yeah. right? Because again, if if the person who wants to express empathy, if their goal is to do that, they have yeah. to. Their goal is to to sort of understand your emotional uh, context, yeah. and the only way they can get there is if you reveal it to them, yeah. right? You need to show them the context, um, provide the information they need to get on your wavelength, right? Exactly. It's like giving them the instructions, giving them your frequency. Yeah. Uh, and, and it might need some calibration. So be patient, right? Don't expect the person who, whom you're, you're speaking to, to immediately understand where you're coming from, right. right? Emotions are complex, and sometimes what you're feeling doesn't yeah. necessarily align in a conventional way with the context mm -hmm. that you're feeling it, right? Mm 
Um, which is why often people are like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling that. You should be feeling something else because in this situation- You should situation, be happy right now. Right, right. Like, in this situation, everyone yeah. always feels this way. Right. Well, it's like, guess what? I don't. Not like that. And it's on yeah. you then to to communicate to the person you're speaking with yeah. why you feel the way you're, not even to say why you feel, just, just how you feel. Just say what you yeah. feel. And you don't necessarily right? need to know why. And that's yeah. why I took that back because I don't think you need to know why. Yeah. The why is too difficult. Well, sometimes you do, like you said, and sometimes you don't. And 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 it's all about, you know, understanding. I think the way we can become more empathetic towards mm. others is by becoming more empathetic towards ourselves, believe it or not. That's interesting. And understanding our own emotions. Like, we might feel sad, but the the, the source of that sadness could be different each time. Right. Right. And 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 the spectrum of sadness. Right. There might be super, super duper sadness and there might be like minimal sadness, you know. So it's really important to understand our own emotions as best we can, but know that we might not always know why we're feeling something. Totally. That's, right? And that's, being OK with that. That's Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. And um, one of the ways you can get better at this as the person who's yeah. seeking empathy, and we should all seek empathy because it feels, again, it feels so good, feels good. Yeah. to be <laughs> empathized with. Um, one of the ways you can you can improve your ability to, to receive empathy yeah. is to expand your emotional vocabulary, mm. right? Being, to, to be able to identify it. To be able to identify something. and articulate mm. uh, what it is you're feeling. Okay. And again, the why is less important. You can get to the why eventually, mm -hmm. but oftentimes the, the most important thing is to first be able to articulate the way you're feeling. And if you think about a child, one of the, the biggest struggles that a child has and why they ultimately just resort to screaming is because they have, it's very difficult for them to articulate what they're feeling. Right. Uh, and, uh, what's interesting is I think we might've mentioned this before, but this, this, uh, the sense of excitement yep. and happiness yep. is actually very similar to the sense of fear mm. and anxiety, mm. right? The, the chemicals that go through your body, mm -hmm. uh, when you feel those emotions are very similar. Yeah. And so for a kid, they almost can't tell the difference between mm. whether they're happy and excited or they're afraid right? And or they, nervous. They have, or nervous. Yeah. And the nuance is, is so, so, um, you know, precise that they don't, and they don't have the vocabulary to articulate that nuance. Right. Um, and as we get older, uh, uh, we, we get a little more sophisticated, but it still takes a lot of practice, right? I think so. If, if you're not in the habit of identifying the way you're feeling and articulating it, it can still be very challenging, right? There's not often space or places or people with whom you can, you can articulate the way you're feeling. Right. Um, and so we don't necessarily have a lot of practice doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the idea along with that is that people might expect you to act a certain way mm -hmm. and to be a certain way. And they've pigeonholed you into, you know, a certain character mm. or type of person or personality. And when you veer from that and when you're not that, it can be so startling to them that they don't know what to make of it. Right. Right. But but that's not to say that you still shouldn't express those emotions. Like, we can't really control how people view us. We, I mean, of course, there is image control, but that is only, there's only so much that we can do. Mm -hmm. Right. So to try to go beyond that and try to make everyone happy and have everyone like you and how and have everyone see you 
in the most, you know, perfect light is just not realistic. And that's, it's just taxing on you as well, emotionally and men mentally. Um, and so don't be afraid of defying those, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Not stereotype per se, but the way that somebody has labeled you. Conformity, maybe. The conformity, like, for example, you might be known as the happy person. Yeah, well, guess what? You're not always right. happy. You might be sensitive sometimes. You might be, yeah. you know, angry sometimes. You might. We all are, right? So if someone says to you, right, and you're trying to open up, and they say, well, you're such a happy person. You'll get over it. Right, right. It doesn't help. Think again. It's not, you know, the help. best that, way that, of... that would be, um, that would be the not empathy, right? Yeah. Um, an empathetic response would instead be, oh, I'm sorry that you're unhappy. You know, tell me, tell me uh, yeah. what it is you're feeling. Uh, you know, explain to me uh, your, your situation, right? Yeah. Trying to get on the wavelength. That's the, regardless of whether that person is normally happy or not. Right. And in fact, if someone is normally happy and is unhappy, it probably means it's it's even more important yeah. to empathize with them because right. it's it's not something they're accustomed to. And I, I, I agree with you. I think people often view themselves as a certain type of person and therefore they shouldn't be feeling- The other things. The other things that yeah. they're feeling at right. that time. And that can be particularly distressing because uh, there's this um, you know, clash between who I think I am and the way I'm currently feeling. And at the end of the day, there's no way you can change the, you know, what, there's no way you can change what you're feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. You can, you can employ strategies to start to work toward a different sensation. Yes. But in that moment, if you're, if you're unhappy, if you're anxious, uh, if you're angry, right, you're feeling those emotions. And, and that's just a fact, yeah. like we're saying, there's, 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 there's no uh, silver lining to that. Um, and so at that moment, if someone else can empathize with that emotion, right. uh, that's, that's what you need. That's what you need. At the um, time. And then yeah. after that, you know, once you've received the empathy, then you can start to work toward, you know, strategies toward, uh, mitigating and, um, uh, remediating those, yeah. those emotions. Right. The but solution. The, step, the solution. Yeah. But step one is just recognizing the emotion that you're experiencing, acknowledging it, yes. uh, not fighting it because you're feeling it. Yeah. And, and as soon as you start to um, acknowledge and, and embrace what it is you're feeling, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not trying to run from it, you know, that, that increases the, the, the sort of flow of, of your thoughts and your mind. And, and uh, particularly if you have someone to help you facilitate that, right. uh, that can really help uh, relieve some of the pressure that builds up from these emotions. Exactly. So these are all things to keep in mind when you're, you know, processing your own emotions, uh, which will help inform the way that you interact with someone who might not be able to process their emotions. And the big thing is acknowledging and validating because that's that really makes somebody feel better, yeah. right? It's like, I got you. Here's an umbrella, right? Yeah. You're not going to get rained on right now. Not yeah. under my watch. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think the big takeaway here is that... Um, Empathy is is a critical part of our communication. It exemplifies communication in that it's it's a bi-directional process. Um, and like you were saying, it really requires uh, um, participation on both sides, right? 
uh, for the person expressing empathy, they need yeah. to be listening. Uh, and then and then responding empathetically, exactly. right? So they, they but they they have to be providing the empathy. And then the person who needs the empathy needs to be communicating what they're feeling clearly enough so that the person listening can understand them right. and then provide the empathy they need. And then after you have that heart to heart and you're unpacking emotions and you you're sitting under your umbrella, metaphorically or not, you know, it brings people closer together. It, it it creates the rapport and it has a lot a lasting effect, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. you know these are things to also keep in mind when we're trying to nurture and foster uh, kindred spirits and to show compassion and to show that kindness when somebody might be verbalizing that help and vocalizing that or not, right? You, there's so much that we see just in someone's facial expressions and body language. 93% of that, of what we understand about someone in their communication comes from the tone of voice and our body language, mm. right? Yeah. And the 7% is the word. So if, even if someone's not saying anything to you, you still have 93% of data that you can, you know, glean gather. and gla- gather, yeah. right? So these are really uh, powerful tools that we you know, should put to use so that we can become more empathetic towards ourselves and towards uh, the people around us. Yeah. And as with any of these social skills, right, this is something you can practice on. Yeah. Um, and and the more effort and, and concerted sort of attention you direct toward uh, your emotional vocabulary right. uh, and expressing empathy, mm. On, you know, in a yeah. conscious way, yeah. the better you'll get at it and uh, the better you'll ultimately communicate with people, uh, both when you're seeking to communicate with them and when they're seeking to communicate with you. Exactly. So all good things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this lovely Saturday. Uh, you know, as, as always, uh, it's great to have uh, uh, some time to, to interact with you all and we love it when when you chime in as well. Yep. Now or in the comments, so you know uh, if you have uh, challenges with empathy or it's something you think you're good at and have some uh, tips to share with people, definitely do that. We we uh, you know that that's the point of this community is to enrich yes uh, everyone's understanding. Definitely, and if just to you know echo what Greg said, if you recently showed empathy towards someone yeah. or they showed it to you, feel free to share that with us. And how it felt. Yeah. Yeah. We love hearing from everyone. Cool. Yep. All right. So that's a wrap for today. And we will see you all next week for another lesson and another live stream. Comment. What other topics do you want us to unpack? What other things do you have questions about? And we will get back to you. Thanks for joining, guys. Happy exhorting, everyone. Catch you next time.